I'm Jordan Lewis and here is your local news. Sarah Elliott, the community coordinator for Big Brothers Big Sisters in Southeast Alaska, came on to Capital Chat to talk about Big Brothers Big Sisters looking for more volunteers. We are always looking for volunteers, specifically male volunteers. Um, Big Brothers Big Sister agencies across the country, we're an umbrella organization. Um, Big Brothers Big Sisters of Alaska, we're part of Big Brothers Big Sisters of America. And there's always a surplus of female volunteers, but not males. And so um, how it works is it's a mentorship organization. So we match up volunteers with youth that enroll in our system that um, come in for a variety of um, reasons. We, we really believe that every youth um, benefits from having an additional supportive adult in their life. Elliot said that they also are looking for littles and described what some matches do once they're paired up. We need female littles. And so if you are listening and you're interested in volunteering, please sign up. Or if you're listening and interested in um, signing up a youth in your home, we're accepting applications for youth between the ages of 6 and 16. And our matches meet two to four times per month. So for some matches, they're very routine. Like they might meet every Saturday at 10 a.m. and they do kind of the same activity. Or I have a match in Juno that... They love to play board games, and they do that pretty much every Monday after work. Um, other matches are a little bit more inconsistent, you know, and so it really kind of base, is based on the volunteer and the, the youth and their family and kind of what their, you know, what their summer's looking like or their school year's looking like. You can listen to the full program, which includes how to sign up on our website, KINYradio.com. Governor Mike Dunleavy signed Alaska's $6 billion state budget into law Monday after vetoing more than $200 million from the document approved in mid-May by the Alaska legislature. The governor's biggest single cut was half of a $175 million one-time funding boost for K-12 public schools. Lawmakers intended the addition to partially compensate for inflation-driven cost increases. Because school districts have already had to set their budgets for this coming year, Dunleavy's veto leaves some of them facing additional budget cuts or the prospect of entering next year with nothing left in savings. In the capital city, the Juneau School District was counting on a funding increase of at least $430 to the base student allocation, the state's per-student funding formula. Dunleavy's veto leaves the funding boost at $340, which means the Juneau District now has a hole in its budget and officials aren't sure how it will be filled. Bridget Weiss, the district's acting superintendent, said it really depends on how the school board goes about it. They could increase the pupil-to-teacher ratio, which means increasing class sizes. They could look at other one-time costs and reduce those. It is really going to be a bit of a puzzle. Roy Getchell, the superintendent for schools in the southeast Alaska town of Haines, said school districts and the public testified loudly that they were facing a dire need for additional funding saying, quote, Very clearly, I think Alaskans made their opinions known in public testimony. $340 is not. That doesn't cover a dire need. In a prepared statement about the budget overall, the governor said that it is a responsible path for Alaska's fiscal future. Budgets should reflect the values of Alaskans. The FY24 budget accomplishes that. We continue to invest in public safety, public education, and economic while this is a responsible budget for FY24, I look forward to working with lawmakers and Alaskans to establish a long-term, sustainable fiscal plan. And by proclamation of the governor, this week of June 19th through 25th is Alaska Pollinator Week. Pollinator Week provides an opportunity to encourage the protection of pollinators, increase the quality and amount of pollinator habitat and forage, reverse pollinator losses, and to help restore pollinator populations to healthy levels. Pollinator species include birds, bees, butterflies, bats, beetles, as well as others. 
Pollinator populations have been a, on a steady decline since the 1950s, which may be linked to factors such as disease, parasites, viruses, loss of habitat, exposure to pesticides, and a lack of genetic diversity. Coming up next on News of the North, City Clerk Beth McEwen called on to the KINY Morning Show to talk about the upcoming How to Run for Local Office workshop being held this weekend. Thousands of local governments nationwide are receiving settlement money from companies that made, sold, or distributed opioid painkillers like Johnson & Johnson, Amerisource Bergen, and Walmart. Tick surveillance shows a mixture of new species now in Alaska. And an Anchorage jury convicted Isaac Lebedon, age 39, of one count of sexual assault in the first degree. Those stories next on News of the North. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. And City Clerk Beth McKeown called into the KINY Morning Show to talk about the upcoming How to Run for Local Office workshop being held this Saturday. That's right. And um, actually, we kind of like it when it's a rainy day because then Juno actually comes to the workshop. It'll be on Saturday the 24th, and it will start at 8.45 a.m. and end at 1.30 p.m. It will be held in the assembly chambers, and it's called How to Run for Local Office. She also expanded on what will be happening in the workshop. It is not just how to run for local office, but think of it more as a civics lesson 101 uh, for local government, for anyone that's interested. And, I mean, we've ha even had candidates that were um, high school seniors that met the 18-year eligibility coming and helping run campaigns for folks. So it's all ages, um, as long as you're... Uh, registered voter or at least of age to register to vote if you're not registered we can register you there at the workshop the workshop will be held on saturday june 24th in the cbj assembly chambers the session runs from 8 45 a.m to 1 30 p.m pre-registration is recommended and required if you want a hard copy of the handouts Thousands of local governments nationwide are receiving settlement money from companies that or distributed opioid painkillers like Johnson & Johnson, Amerisource Bergen, and Walmart. The companies are shelling out more than $50 billion in total in settlements from national lawsuits. But finding out the precise amount each city or county is receiving has been nearly impossible because the firm administering the settlement hasn't made the information public until now. After more than a month of communications with state attorney generals, private lawyers working on the settlement, and the settlement administrators, KFF Health News has obtained documents showing the exact dollar amounts down to the cent that local governments were allocated for 2022 and 2023. More than 200 spreadsheets detail the amounts paid by four of the companies involved in the national settlements. Several other opioid-related companies will start making payments later this year. For Alaska, News of the North has included a link to what payments Alaska and its subdivisions have been receiving in an article on our website, KINYradio.com. And tick surveillance shows a mixture of new species now in Alaska. Dogs and even people have brought non-native ticks from elsewhere. Some of the ticks could carry disease. More than 2,000 ticks collected over a decade in Alaska revealed a pattern. New tick species are being introduced to the state, often through dogs traveling from the south. They're joining the handful of tick species endemic to the state, which were usually found on small mammals like rabbits. The results are detailed in a new bulletin released by the Alaska Division of Public Health's Epidemiology Section. While several non-native tick species that can spread disease have been imported to Alaska, none have yet established permanent populations in the state, according to the bulletin. But the numbers show that ongoing tick surveillance is critical for monitoring this dynamic situation in the Bolden, authored by Micah Hahn, an associate professor of environmental health. 
at the University of Alaska Anchorage. Pets have been the most common place for the discovery of ticks in Alaska, followed by wild animals. You can read more about this on our website, KINYradio.com. And an Anchorage jury convicted Isaac Lebdon, age 39, of one count of sexual assault in the first degree. The trial started on June 3rd of this year and continued until closing arguments Monday morning. The jury then deliberated for approximately three hours before arriving at their unanimous verdict. Lebdon sexually assaulted C.A., the daughter of an acquaintance, in her apartment in the late evening hours of November 3rd of 2020. C.A. texted her mother 25 times before her mom saw the messages, leading the mom to kick the defendant out of the apartment early the following morning. C.A. reported the sexual assault to the Anchorage Police Department three days later. Lobendon's sentencing hearing is scheduled for October 16th of this year at 2.30 p.m. in front of Superior Court Judge Michael Spahn. He faces a sentencing range of 40 to 60 years. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jordan Lewis for News of the North.